the blast from our past network. Hot right? Hot right? Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super duper duper fans. We are bringing you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back as we watch them. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And this episode, we don't have an episode for you. We are giving you an entire season. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, Corey mentioned, we are going to start to do an overall wrap up of each season after they happen. We didn't do season one because it was super short, only like four episodes, not worth doing a full breakdown for but we wanted to do that starting with season two i guess we can kind of talk about season one in this one if we wanted to do a full uh breakdown including those and yeah and, and the impetus behind this is because the shooting order is different than the airing order and we stumbled across that because up until i started recording this podcast with you i've seen Seinfeld a bazillion times, but I'm not a big guy to go back and like watch behind the scenes stuff and everything. I don't know why. Even on movies that I love, I don't tend to like watch making of documentaries. I like to just look at how everything is right there. But we stumbled across the fact that my DVD box set, you know, was out of order. And we were like, what's going on there? And then we obviously we pieced it together. So yeah. we're like, well, let's just, you know, talk about all this in, in the last episode. I actually have a breakdown of like the episode orders that they were what they were produced or, or they were like written for and then what they actually released them as yeah i believe they were legitimately they were written and i think shot slash produced in one certain order but then air date and i think there are multiple reasons from what i've read you know, a lot of this might be studio interference. It might have been also, you know, different things. Larry David changed his mind on certain things. But I think mostly it was, you know, what NBC wanted them to do compared to what they wanted to do. And there was a lot of pushback uh, for this season for that. Yeah, because season two of Seinfeld was, it was still not Seinfeld like we know it. We mentioned a couple episodes ago, but I think the turning point was kind of in between seasons two and season three. It kind of like was picking up steam. And uh, I did go back and, and start watching the documentaries on, on the episodes and it seems like you know Jerry was Jerry Seinfeld himself for real was like touring stuff on during the hiatus in between seasons two and season three and I think that's where it was starting to kind of really build up momentum and started to become the thing that it it's gonna become eventually which mm -hmm. which is the greatest comedy show of all time yeah you're probably right so all right, I'm, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly because I'm just reading the list here, so I don't want to make this boring or anything, but I I find it interesting as to what's which order they filmed it in versus which order they released it in. So let me just, at the top, give you guys the original and then the, the air version. It started with The Ex-Girlfriend, then The Pony Remark, then The Busboy, Baby Shower, The Jacket, The Chinese Restaurant, The Phone Message, The Apartment... The Stranded, which we're not going to see until season three. The Statue, The Heart Attack, The Revenge, and then The Deal was the season finale originally. The way that they were aired is The Ex-Girlfriend, The Jacket, The Phone Message, The Apartment, The Statue, The Revenge... 
The heart attack. Did you pronounce that one more time? Yes, that was weird. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> the statue? <laughs> the statue? <laughs> I don't know what happened there. My brain had a weird fart. <laughs> Uh, yeah um yeah anyways the statue (laughs) maybe maybe you saw a meme on how to pronounce it (laughs) (laughs) go back and listen to our previous episode to find out about that one all right so the statue the revenge the heart attack the deal the baby shower the chinese restaurant and the bus boy was our season finale which is wow dude and and we didn't even talk about it last episode as being the season finale but man what a what a way to go out right like like as a season and and i don't mean in a good way agreed (laughs) that was one of our least liked episodes of the season uh, and so, yeah, it was not it was not a strong one to end on for sure. No, no, definitely not. And one of the things that we kind of wanted to to figure out was where does Kramer actually leave the apartment? Because mm-hmm. in the Chinese restaurant episode, it was originally written that he, he he the reason Kramer wasn't there was because his character was still a quote unquote shut in and uh, or you know a neighbor to to Jerry, but he didn't leave his apartment. And that was like the sixth episode. Mm-hmm. And then the phone message, the apartment. Um, oh, the statue. The statue, I think, is the first time we really see Kramer leave the apartment. Correct me if I'm wrong. He doesn't in, in the apartment or the phone message, does he? No, I think you're right. From from the ones that, that we have seen, the order that they were released, I think the statue was the first time we see him leaving the apartment. I don't remember him from leaving it earlier in the apartment, in the phone message, in the jacket, yeah. Pony Mark, or ex-girlfriend. Right, exactly. So as far as like shooting order goes, the statue, which is like four episodes from the finale, as far as the shooting episode goes, that seems to be where Kramer actually leaves the apartment for the first time. And moving forward, he kind of can go freely. But if you watch it out of order, it's weird. So especially, oh, shoot, I but, just well, thought, well yeah. I just want to say before, but that's not, that doesn't even is, isn't correct because it's even before the statue that he leaves the apartment. We see him leave the apartment with George in the bus boy. He goes to the bus boy's apartment with George. Yeah, good call. And that's in that's in episode three of like, well, not not that's that's the last aired one, but it's the third produced and third written for. Yeah, you're you're right about that, dude. That so and and the thing is, the information I got about Larry David's the one that said it, and even Michael Richards said it. That's why he's his character wasn't in the Chinese restaurant was because his character was not written to leave the apartment yet. But you're right, it was written right there in the busboy. So I'm thinking that when they're talking about writing it, you know, even prior to even when they filmed it, I think they must have written the Chinese restaurant early in that yeah. season, like early in the writing process of that. And 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 then it, they, you know, put it in wherever they put it in. But you're you're 100% correct. The busboy, he, he leaves it right there, um, which I guess when you think about it, maybe that's why Kramer had such a puppy dog look on his eyes because when he said, you know, when Jerry said, you know, take the K-Man with you, and he's like, take me where? And, and yeah. maybe that's it. Maybe it's because... Michael Richards knew that that was the first time his character was going to leave the the apartment complex. Yeah, I, I would assume so. I don't know. Yeah, it just I think that's one of the few reasons, or not few reasons, one of like the many reasons a lot of people I think put season one and two and they kind of lump them together. But 
they also sold them together in the, in the first box set. But people, I don't want to say despise, but like when you talk to like hardcore Seinfeld fans, because Corey and I are in some Facebook groups with some hardcore Seinfeld fans, and a lot of people look down on these episodes. Now, I think that's a little bit wrong. I think they just put a blanket statement about oh, I don't like seasons one and two all that much. Uh, you know, I really like Seinfeld, at, you know, at whatever these seasons are. But then when you bring up shit from season two, some there are some amazing moments from seasons one and two that people like adore. So I think, and, and we've mentioned this kind of throughout this season's talking about it, there are some good-ass moments. These characters are pretty, you know, fleshed out at this point. There are some really amazing Seinfeld parts here. Now, is this season as strong as other seasons? Fuck no. Not even close. But this is still an enjoyable season of television for me. Yeah, the groundwork is there. And to your point, I was one of those people. Up until we started recording this podcast, Seinfeld to me was this giant cloud amalgamation of every episode, right? I I even say it sometimes like I'm surprised when I see certain things in certain episodes. And I'm like, oh, I thought that came later because in my head, it's hard to distinguish, you know, different pieces and everything, which is half the reason I wanted to do this with you because it's given me a real good, clear precision, you know, of, of when things happened and everything. And I am falling into that, uh, not trap, but the opposite of a trap, uh, the reward of discovering that season two is really good. Like you said, it's not maybe as as strong or as iconic or something as later seasons, but dude, it's a lot better than I ever thought it was, and it's got a lot more in it than I ever thought it did have in it. I thought some of the stuff that I liked in it, I thought just came at a, in a later season, because I was like, oh, well, you know, nothing in season one or two do, do I like, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's I'm so wrong. I was so so wrong and i really really enjoyed a lot of parts of season two especially especially the revenge i liked the part in the revenge and i'm bringing it up now because there's little tidbits of information that i found out when i was watching on the documentaries but with the revenge kramer uh, michael richards actually used a 60 pound bag of concrete when he was you know do and and you can tell right and and mm-hmm. and it's so good and it's because that was his choice. They wanted to give him, you know, a prop bag. And he was like, no, it's got to be this 60 pound bag because, and, and you see what he does with it. He, and even Michael Richards says in the interviews, like up until that point, Kramer had been more about sort of verbal comedy. And he said the revenge was the episode that he really wanted to start doing more physical comedy with Kramer. Mm. And he's spectacular at it. He does. He handles that 60 pound bag of of concrete, like a pro and moving, forward especially like season three moving forward he becomes much more of a physical comedian too and i and i think i think they gave him that work because of what he did with the revenge yeah that is a fantastic bit of kramer physical humor i mean you have tons of them but that you know for me that would that would make like a top 10 list i think of of kramer physical moments yeah, especially when he gets it in his eye. I, every time I see yeah. that, I'm, I'm wondering if that reaction is real and he just kind of like spun it a little bit to make it funny, you know? But I, I don't know how he didn't actually get it in his eye. Also, apparently, uh, uh, according to Larry David, when he was working on SNL, the idea for The Revenge uh, came about because he literally quit SNL the exact same way. He said he was halfway through the season. He'd written, you know, for the show and everything, and they only used, I think, one. He said, like, one thing you know on the show so i think he was getting Mm -hmm. pretty fed up with it but 
he said that he did the same thing because it was like a Friday and he was like, well, crap, I just lost a year's worth of salary. And he said he came back in on Monday and pretended like <laughs> like it was like, oh, it, the, so all of that is Larry David's own experience. And, you know, watching all these documentaries, so much of it is just Larry David's little ideas for this and that, you know, just little mm-hmm. just things here and there. It's it's quite remarkable. <laughs> That's why I think we got to get you on to curb your enthusiasm. I know it's not your jam. You said you've tried it. Now, my recommendation to you, go straight to season two. Season two is actually where they uh, incorporate a good bit of the other Seinfeld people in there. And there's this whole kind of storyline with it. And I think that would help draw you in uh, and appreciate, you know, or, or it's, it's basically we're getting a Seinfeld spinoff starring George. Like, that's exactly what it is. So I, I think it's worth your time. Yeah, I know. And everyone says says that. And um, I, I think I have to because I've tried watching season one like three times. Oh, like over the course of like the past, you know, 15 years or something like I've tried multiple times to just dig into it. And I'm like, crap, it's the first season is just hard. The production quality is not very high Agreed. and uh, it's super awkward. So I will take your advice. I will jump in on season two and, and see if I can. I just want to get the momentum going because I, I want to get to the season where they do an actual Seinfeld episode over the course of the entire season. I want to get to that season. But uh, uh, speaking back to Larry David with the deal, that was all Larry David as well. He That was something that he actually did with a friend of his trying to come up with a way that they could have a physical relationship and still not, you know, be boyfriend and girlfriend. So it's, it's interesting to see all this kind of stuff sort of come in and everything. That was an episode that you and I kind of differed on. It was one of my least favorites of the season, the deal. And I think I remember you liking it decently. Other than we both agreed that Jerry and Elaine getting back together at the end was very strange. And, you know, part of that was from pressure from NBC. And that's why that was originally going to be the season ender. You know, there was going to have some little thing, but instead they moved it around into like halfway through the season or partway, you know, or later into the season. Uh, and then they just kind of ignore it. And it just, all of that is just a very, very weird episode for me. I did not care for that one. So yeah, that, that one was yeah, one of my least favorites. Yeah, I, I remember liking it more than I ever thought I was going to, but it's definitely not one that I would like show people and be like, here, get into Seinfeld with this. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. Yeah, and it was it was the making of this episode where they talked about in between the hiatus, Jerry was he went on tour in between seasons two and season three, and one of the things because the show was starting to build up momentum at that point, like season one it didn't, you know, and then season two it just started to build up momentum. The, the Chinese food restaurant really sort of helped push it in that direction. Although it's funny that the the execs did not like it, uh, NBC did not like the Chinese food restaurant, but it was the one that really I think resonated with a lot of people. So. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, the person, the real life stand-up comedian, once the show started actually taking off, he started incorporating a little bit of a Q&A into his routine. And one of the questions he would ask is, do you guys want to see me get together with Elaine? And everyone, like all of his crowds yelled no. Like everyone, it was like a <laughs> resounding no. So even even the audience didn't want to see this. And it was only because like the executives at NBC thought that they, they just couldn't figure out like, well, there's no world where some lady would even be hanging out with 
three dudes and not, you know, be with one of them. This is insane. But no, it's it does happen. It, that's why we love this show. Yes. And uh, it, that was definitely like a pigeonholed sort of scenario. And uh, Larry David said that he liked the idea of doing that episode, the whole deal thing, even if they hadn't asked him to make it. But it was kind of like one of those things where they were, I got the impression that they sort of made him write them get back together. So he was like, okay, I'll use mm-hmm. this real life scenario that I sort of had. But yeah, it was it was an interesting episode, especially when you know that it was supposed to be the finale and then it's not. Yeah, this season as a whole is just it's so it's so wonky when you watch it. Do you think do you think the weird out of order factor of it and how things don't track sort of correctly? Do you think that adds to people's feeling that season two isn't quite as good as they think it is? I do. Uh, And I think particularly because now we are in the stage of bingeable watching that people notice that kind of stuff a lot more because they're seeing this stuff. I mean, even before with just syndication, you can see like, you know, marathons or see stuff back to back to back to back. Uh, But, you know, typically you don't. And when this stuff was airing, uh, you don't really notice that shit because you only see it. And then one week later, you see the next thing. But nowadays, you know, that stuff is much more visible because streaming television and rewatching it for us. It is strange to me. I don't I do think it's a bit jarring. And I do think this season, you know, is a bit of a roller coaster, you know, partly because of you know you're just you're not sure where the hell it's going storyline wise but also because I think they're you know this season has some of the highest highs you know we've mentioned one of our top five episodes of the entire series is in this one but also some of our fucking least favorite are in this one so you get some highs and lows and you kind of go back and forth and back and forth that it is just it's a bit it's a bit strange where I think a lot of the other ones, you're a little bit more of a, is a gradual slow coast up or something like that, or slow, like up and down where this one's just like, well, this great, this episode was fantastic. And then the next one, the very next one was, whoa, that was a piece of shit. And then the one after that is, oh, that was okay. And then great. And then awful. And then whatever. And it's like, okay, I want some consistency with my Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. You're hundred percent correct. It was a roller coaster. You know, in some ways it was how it was written, but then in other ways it was how it was aired. So it was like an unintentional roller coaster. But yeah, dude, between the Chinese food restaurant, a top five episode of the entire series, and then the busboy, man, I have a hard time even <laughs> thinking of like a worse episode. I'm sure we'll come to one that I, I dislike just as much, but yeah. right now at the top of my head, it's 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 up there as like the top three worst episodes. So this is a this season was a roller coaster, but my major takeaway was that I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to because when we went into this season I was still in that mindset of season one and season two are crap Seinfeld Seinfeld starts season three mm-hmm. you know like like every, like how everyone says it because I was I'm an asshole like everyone else and you know what I was fucking wrong I was absolutely wrong I mean they were it's still exactly it's still decent stuff because even for those episodes that were not good there were still moments there were some classic moments in those episodes. You know, they were ones that absolutely made like highlight reels because they are they are funny. Even if you overall dislike the episode, it's still Seinfeld, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the busboy is still Seinfeld. Like we said last yeah. episode, I would never change the channel. And I was still surprised by the fact that the conversation that George and Jerry have about the best places to go to the bathroom, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I always people talk about that. Now I always think that it's in a different episode, but it's in 
in one of the worst episodes ever. So it's like, yeah, there is still gold. There's still gold in their hills right there. There is. <laughs> you just have to dig a little bit, and you have to sift through some crap to get there. <laughs> so I, I know we were, we, were, we were picking out our f- couple favorite episodes. Do you have your top or your bottom three for this season? If you had to do it you know, on a whim, which ones would you pick? I obviously the the bus boy I did not particularly care for and I'd say I the apartment wasn't one of my favorite ones either and uh yeah that one was a little weak in in my opinion okay for me it's the bus boy agreed with you on that one I add the heart attack that was one that I didn't like but you did I knew I knew you were gonna say the heart attack I almost yep. said flaming I, globes of Sigmund yes. I don't care for that one yep I knew you were gonna say the heart attack that one and then also the deal those three all got my lowest they all tied for my lowest score of which my lowest score was two out of five and I still said like you know it's, they're all eminently watchable but um, yeah those those all tied for my least favorite episodes of the season yeah I'd I would probably have to I, I it, the deal is so weird for me because I liked it as a standalone thing like if it wasn't the characters that we loved I liked it as a standalone thing but as a Seinfeld thing I don't like it as a Seinfeld thing so it's like it's weird but yeah I would definitely put the deal in there but not as bad as the bus boy Ugh. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's end on a on a good note. What were your top three favorite episodes of this season? So my top season. Well, I'll go. I'll go from three to one. I guess building suspense for number one. Even though if you guys have been listening this way up <laughs> till now, I don't think there's any suspense to, to what my number one is. Yeah. So, but my number three might surprise you because I did I did bitch a little bit about this one character, but actually it did have a pretty good rating from me, uh, and I think it was a three point five out of five, uh, which was one of my you know I think it was my third highest rating. But my number three favorite episode of season two of Seinfeld is the jacket. Master of the house. Ah, that's my number three. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think we're going to have the same number threes. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> number the, name, the same, all of them. I don't know. I, I know we're going to have the same number one, but I did not expect us to have the same number three. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Uh, well, tell, tell me what, you, you know, what, what, we'll, we'll touch on, you know, we're, we won't break them all down because we already did that. So you can check them out. But yeah, tell, you know, just let us know a little, just a couple of thoughts on it and I'll do the same and then we'll move on. Yeah. I mean, you get some good moments with the master of the house singing. I hate but I love that I hate Elaine's father. You know, he's funny, uh, but he's an ass. The 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 entire thing about Jerry, Kramer is fantastic in that episode, in my opinion, the way that he just kind of like grabs Jerry's shit. It's an overall very solid episode. I'm very happy with the jacket. I'm 100% with you there. Uh, same reasoning. Uh, as much as I hate Alton Bennis, um, I love George and Jerry's interaction with him. I think we- They're so awkward. <laughs> They're so awkward. And as somebody, I am a person that can can be very awkward sometimes and especially if I'm <laughs> like I think I think it's the whole alpha male thing like if we're if I'm with someone who's like a I mean he's like a super predator right like you, you just yeah he's he's beyond alpha at this point but knowing that you know behind the scenes he was he was an ass to them like he was an actual kind of a jerk to to them on set uh, I kind of get the <laughs> feeling that maybe he did that I don't know I don't want to say he did it on purpose and he's not like an asshole in real life but you know if he did do it on purpose it probably added to the actors being fearful of him and thus kind of gave the characters that layer of fear but yeah dude apparently he was a real dickhole on the set very interesting okay so number two i'll do it then i'm gonna go with the statue 
Ah, that is a good one. That probably that probably was my number four or five, uh, but it did not. It was not my number two. But that is a good, really good episode. What uh, what makes it so high for you, Ben? It was it was your honorable mention. <laughs> yeah, an honorable mention. What makes it so high for you? Oh, dude, just just the way Kramer comes in there and takes the statue. I mean, everything about the episode was great. We I know we both really enjoyed it, but for me, just that highlight. That's that's the highlight of the episode. The way mm-hmm. Kramer just comes in there. You guys need if you. I mean, I assume you've seen the episode at this point, but if you're for some weird reason listening to this first, <laughs> go watch that episode. <laughs> go, go watch the yeah. statue. And and if you have seen it, go rewatch it. It's fucking great. Yes, it is. It is. It is quite good. Yeah. Ray is hilarious. Uh, just I, I love his dynamic with uh, the the goth girl. I can't even remember her name off the top of my head. It's all really well done. I want to know how he got the goop out of the out of the sh- out of the nozzle. <laughs> we all do. We all want to yeah. know. <laughs> all right then. Well, uh, what's your number two? My number two, uh, I guess, somewhat similarly to you, is really run off of one scene. This episode is quite funny, but one scene steals it, and one scene is a super classic Seinfeld scene for me. My number two is the pony remark. Mm, that's a good one, dude. I was I was yeah. kind of going back and forth between the statue and the pony remark. Like my my pin was going back and forth, and I was like, Nah, I'm just gonna yeah. do the statue. But yeah, dude, the, the pony remark, fan fucking tastic. So, to, what uh, what'd you love the most about it? Obviously, that one scene, them at the table, Elaine kind of at the kitty table right next to him. The uh, who leaves a who, who leaves a country packed with ponies to move to a non pony country? Like Jerry's <laughs> delivery on that singular line is so goddamn good. Good. Uh, yeah, that that is fantastic. The lady who played Manya, she was great. She, I mean, it's a small scene, but she was fucking great and hilarious. Yeah, I don't relate to that, you know, scene at all. But I just, it is, it is so funny. I also really want to call out at the end of that episode, Jerry. Just they're talking about something completely different, and then Jerry just kind of at the. It feels like he almost improvs it. He's just like. Who's going to think an immigrant has a pony? Like, they're just sitting at monks, and he just busts out that line, and you see Elaine just, like, almost fucking lose it yeah. on camera. And I and I love that. And they just, that kind of humor at the very end of the episode that just kind of brings it back out of nowhere of just what you just watched, and it just kind of, it makes you laugh out loud. It's just like, fuck yeah. Uh, so I, I just, I find that a particularly enjoyable episode. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there, buddy. And for me, it's particularly memorable, especially our recording of that episode, because at the age of 41, I learned that a pony isn't just a baby horse (laughs) and that it's actually like another breed or whatever you want to call it. I'm not an equestrian, so. It's it's called a species. It's a different species of animal. It's a whole other species? Are you kidding me? I'm learning something new now. (laughs) That's wild. But yeah, so go, go back and listen to that one, and you can literally hear my mind get blown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love blowing your mind. I don't know. That sounded really weird. I'm gonna have to isolate that one. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's <laughs> that'll become a meme. Yeah, <laughs> a meme. It'll become a meme. Yeah, a meme. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Hey, everybody. This is Adam. Uh, while editing this episode, I wanted to double check what I was saying out there. And according to Wikipedia, ponies and horses are actually the same species. Ponies are just smaller version of horses. They are not baby horses that grow up to be bigger horses. They are, you know, just smaller breeds, if you will. But they are not a separate species. Just wanted to get that clear. Ah! 
Uh, all right. And our number one, do we want to say it together? One, two, three. The Chinese. The Chinese restaurant. <laughs> we, yeah. I failed that one. <laughs> but yeah, the Chinese restaurant. It's hard doing a, a countdown over Skype. But uh, yeah, dude, yeah. the Chinese restaurant is the best. Just go and listen to that episode. I, I think we. That's probably going to be the longest episode that this season that we recorded because mm-hmm. we just could. I could have talked more. I could have kept talking uh, for another thirty minutes about the Chinese restaurant if I wasn't sitting in my own sweat and filth right now. After because <laughs> we we recorded uh, the Chinese restaurant, uh, the busboy, and now this back to back <laughs> and i am baking in here yeah yeah because we turned off our acs and we you know we just and he lives in los angeles so it gets really <laughs> damn hot my wife's on the couch watching tv with uh the headphones on and when we were in between recording i walked over i was like you okay babe and she just gave this like this meek little <laughs> thumbs up i'm <laughs> like i'm so sorry <laughs> Womp womp. Uh, yeah, it's so amazing. I could go. I could just gush about James Hong. Uh, you know, he is one of the absolute best, like one-off characters that they've had ever. But they've had so many good one-off characters too. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see. You know, in season three and in season four, does that hold up? Like, I love him so much, and I love this episode so much. I am eager to see. Like, is something else gonna 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 blow my mind? Blow my mind, not your mind. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, change me to be like, oh wow, you know what? This other episode is way better than I remember, or this other character is so much better than I remember. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to continue this journey with you. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Me too, man. And and I feel the same way, dude. I he is a a delight, an absolute ray of sunshine in in this and, and not that you know there's anything bad about this episode but he is he stands out and he's he stands out against you know uh jerry seinfeld uh joy Lu- julia louise dreyfus and um uh jason alexander he stands out he holds his own he is fantastic i love that episode and I was taking like pictures for like our, you know, the Instagram. We don't have one, but you know, uh, for my Instagram. And so I had to watch that scene where, you know, he, the Cartwright scene like multiple times just so I can get like the pictures. Mm -hmm. Dude, I laughed every single time. I must have watched it like eight times just to (laughs) kind of get pictures. I was like, at this point, I was like, well, I can just watch it one more time, right? (laughs) That's how good it is. That whole exchange is fantastic. God, I I could still talk another 30 minutes about that episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll save it for a Patreon exclusive. How about that? <laughs> yeah, every every month we will just talk about the Chinese food restaurant every month. There you go. Keep going deeper and deeper into it. Oh, Perfect. gosh. Um, but yeah, so that actually brings up a good point. We do have a Patreon and uh, we do... Uh, plan on making some uh, extra shows for it but if you guys have any suggestions of what you know we you want us to talk about on the patreon or what you'd like to hear let us know well we're all ears for that um but uh mm-hmm. this this has been so much fun man this this season was great this podcast with you is freaking great and i am so happy that we have seven more seasons to go dude we're gonna be doing this for a few a couple years at least i guess yeah we will <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm totally down with that, man. <laughs> Damn straight. As long as I've got Seinfeld, I don't care much about you, but I, as long as I'm still watching Seinfeld, I'm fine. <laughs> Dude, I am going to be watching Seinfeld for the rest of my life, and I hope that I'm doing podcasts with you for the rest of my life as well. Yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> all right, before we wrap out of this episode, uh, I just want to give you guys a real quick heads up. I am actually, my wife and I are going to be moving to Oregon. Uh, we should be moving in 
in about September 1st um, and leaving here about August, late August. Adam and I are going to have try to have a very minimal hiatus, if if at all. But if we do, it might only be for like a, a couple weeks or something, just until I can get settled in and, uh, you know, we can start recording again. But the, the my main priority is to get my office set up. And the fact that I'm actually going to, you know, not be recording in the kitchen anymore will be wonderful. I'll actually have <laughs> an office. Adam understands how awesome that is because he moved to yeah. Georgia for, for just for that reason, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> you, you you leave Los Angeles and you can actually afford shit, man. <laughs> I Dude, I can't wait. Um, I really can't wait. So just to give you guys a heads up, we will be communicative on uh, Facebook. We will let you guys know if there is a hiatus uh, and how long it'll be. We'll give you a, enough of a heads up. But we just wanted to give you a little bit of warning. There might be like a couple week hiatus in between seasons two and season three. But once we get back into it, we're going to dive into to season three. And that's going to be our first full season, I believe, right? I haven't looked at it, but I believe it's a full season, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's uh, 22 episodes. Yeah, twenty three episodes. Yeah, big old, big old full season. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna get into it, and uh, so that means we'll have twenty three weeks of uh, of content coming at you guys. So we just ask that you bear with us for a little bit of a hiccup right now, but hopefully it won't be too long. Uh, I guess we will end by telling y'all where we are out in this world of the World Wide Web. Uh, I, Adam. Am on the Blast from Our Past podcast. I'm sure you've heard of it by now. If you, <laughs> Corey and I plug that and everything on the Blast from Our Past network. Uh, so please go check that out. Please check out everything. If you like Cartwright, I think you're going to like Blast from Our Past, and I think you're going to like Podcasting After Dark. I've listened to every episode of every single one of those. And they're all fantastic, partly because I'm on two-thirds of them. And even the one that Corey hosts by himself with uh, his buddy Zach, they're okay, too. So definitely check them out, guys. They're worth your time. <laughs> That's right, guys. We The whole network is dedicated to retro-themed podcasts. And uh, like Adam said, uh, Podcasting After Dark, you can find me and my buddy Zach on there. We we kind of review like cult classic movies like uh, Heavy Metal and Life Force and Hardware and stuff like that. That, you know, like the darker films, the movies that your parents didn't want you to watch and you kind of snuck downstairs at midnight and watched them on HBO anyways. And it's it's supposed to be like a companion uh, podcast to Podcasting After Dark where you guys uh, do, you know, they, they do stuff like Teen Wolf, whereas we do stuff mm. like Life Force <laughs> <laughs> and Terror Vision. Yeah. Um, and then we have Cartwright in there. So uh, you can find all of those podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the usual podcatchers. But if you guys could just swing on by iTunes, swing on by Apple Podcasts, take just five minutes of your entire year and give all three of our podcasts five stars. Give us a little write up if you if you love us, if you only if you love us, if you don't love us. Well, then I don't know what you're doing listening here, but uh, <laughs> it's it's great. And we the algorithm, the algorithm uses those reviews to get us more listeners, essentially. So it really helps us out. We and we appreciate all the five star reviews that you you guys have left so far the the love has been amazing uh this cartwright has just just taken off on the charts man i i didn't ex- i mean i i guess i should have expected it but it's it's crazy seeing it man in, in this short amount of time that we've had we have just skyrocketed and that's that's because of, of you guys the fans have really just shared the podcast with the, you know your friends and everything shared it online it's just been amazing to see and and we you know we both feel the love we really do 
I love you, baby. <laughs> I love you too, baby. Oh yeah. I love I love you as much as Jerry loves Elaine at the end of the deal. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> and together uh, we can have this, that, and the other, man. I think we already do have this, that, and the other. Hell <laughs> <Well>, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hopefully we will see you guys not too long. Hopefully a couple weeks. And like I said, we'll keep you in the loop on the Facebook fan page. So make sure you like us on Facebook. We'll let you know exactly when we're coming back from our short, short, short hiatus. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. <laughs>